0: He, it was kind of suspiciously just like, quickly. Suspicious, I have my own thoughts on no, that. I, I, I look, really I agree. Yeah. This ain't the pot for We can do that on <laughs> save our, save it for the theology podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <know>. <laughs> speak easy studios, speak and be heard. Yo, this is Steven Lee. And I'm Frank Jackson. And And we we are are the Distinguished Distinguished Critics.
1: Critics. We're here to break down some of our favorite albums and songs and debate what's overrated, underrated, and everything in between. So join us as we go back and relive some of music's most iconic projects. Give us a listen wherever you get your podcasts, and please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and give us those five stars. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of This or That. I'm Stephen Lee, as always, joined by Frank Jackson. And today we are going to be discussing two pivotal group albums released in the year of our Lord, 1995. That's right. We're talking about Bone Thugs and Harmonies, East 1999, Eternal, released on July 25th, and Goody Mob's debut, Soul Food, released on November 7th,
0: 1995. Frank, how you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm, I'm particularly excited about this one because... I think these are two perfect albums that talk about very similar things from two very different perspectives and uh I think that it highlights the contrast in these groups. So um yeah, I think this is you know, I'm I'm biased. I think we always pick great shit, mm-hmm. but I am particularly excited. Except for about that
1: this. uh Nostradamus uh dog father debate, you know. Well,
0: well, we're, we're,
1: we're going to be doing more of those, too, so it's not always going to be two monumental uh, pillar projects of the 90s. Um, yeah, so where, where do you want to start? Uh, Bone Thugs, Goody Mob? I mean, they both got some interesting stories. Oh, uh, We start with Bone start with Bone. So Bone in the early 90s coming from Cleveland, Ohio, not exactly a hip hop mecca. Um no offense to Cleveland, the land, but uh really a
0: music mecca, but not a hip hop mecca. Yeah,
1: Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, all that yeah. good stuff is in Cleveland, but yeah, uh in terms of 1992, 1993, I mean, it was really LA, New
0: York. Um and that's about yep. it. Yeah, typicals. Yeah. So you had like Luke, but uh that's just a yeah. standalone thing, right. really. I mean, there just wasn't you know, you got Ghetto Boy. It was just really just splintered off random yeah, shit. A little, o- other yeah, places, other, but, other artists would pop up, but it was there was New no, York and the West Coast were the only places like the big regional scenes like that. For yeah.
1: sure, for sure. Bone, um yeah, Bone was scrounging and scraping in the early 90s trying to uh, push their sound and you know obviously when we're talking about 30 plus years ago I feel like the group dynamic was a little bit more in effect than certainly what we've seen in the last 10 15 20 years um that's not that's not a thing anymore it's not r&b hip-hop you just don't see groups period but I always kind of likened bone to like the temptations in the sense that, like, yeah, I, um,
0: they've had they've, I got they've, some observations about that, yeah, certainly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They,
1: they're, they I mean, they all have their own little pocket in terms of the harmonization yeah, and, uh, you know, Busy Bone probably playing the role of David Ruffin in yeah. this case. You know, there was always group issues and alcoholism and, you know, various versions of the group. I and, mean, that
0: downfall was themselves, all the infighting, all of the it's just splintered off, like, random side projects, projects and then you get like splint. a wishbone project with you know how flesh how like, and bone and- you know like wu-tang has all <laughs> yeah. those like subgroups killer bees that are and- weird like yeah bone thugs kind of has like a similar thing for sure where they'll just splinter off and like i'm gonna just make this album with my uncle yeah and it's like what the fuck okay. <laughs> it wasn't uncle charles yeah no it was yeah. not him we'll get to no. uncle charles we miss him
1: yeah mm-hmm. Damn, i miss my uncle charles y'all yeah. I actually did have an uncle charles but um last i checked he's still alive so okay yeah um but bone yeah bone in the early we're all happy to know that okay Mm -hmm. yeah and if he is deceased then i'm sorry uncle charles i miss you you know bone in the early 90s um yeah i mean they were shopping their demos everywhere they primarily out on the west coast right because you knew that nothing at least from a hip-hop perspective was going to Pop yeah. in Cleveland. They weren't going to blow up in Cleveland. You kind of had to go to these two yeah. major markets in order for you to even be recognized. And this is yeah. an era, of, you know, pre uh, SoundCloud and pre blogs and just being able to throw you your had music to out physically there.
0: Physically carry your product somewhere. Yeah.
1: So yeah. they always had a lot of talent. And I think that Bone, in a lot of ways, were way ahead of their time. I think mm-hmm. that a lot of what you hear now, like certainly you could attribute it to you know, Nelly and Ja Rule and mm-hmm. stuff, but I, I feel like the sing-songy, like, true, yeah. like, singing on records and yeah. still, like, actually spitting, like, that kind of started with Bone to me.
0: Yeah, and in in, uh, in in a way that's, I mean, truly, like, because these dudes are, I mean, don't get it twisted, like, disregard the subject matter. They are singing. Yeah. Like, they, they really are singing, and yeah, sure, harmonizing, but... It's much closer to singing than it is like say what fifty cent does. Right. Kind of, you know, um but to to touch on your point, ironically, even though, yeah, you're you're not gonna make it in Cleveland at the time, ironically, they went out to the West Coast mm-hmm. to try to get their stuff to Easy after Easy had promised them that he would give them a call, give them a listen, and then never fulfilled that promise right so they went out to the west coast to look for him basically because they had to grind to get it they were out there for months right and then easy as it turns out was doing some shows in cleveland in cleveland
1: yeah yeah so yeah. they had
0: to go back home and technically that is where they it got there. yeah that's where they got their start so after all of that um they had to go to the west coast but ultimately the west coast came to them yeah and
1: yeah. then there's, they I mean, know. there's, there's some funny stories about like their peddling demos too. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I recently heard a, uh, Tone Loke interview on the art of yeah. dialogue and apparently they showed up at his house at like two in the morning, like, <laughs> Hey, we're rappers, you know, which, <laughs> I mean, I guess he kind of had to do that back in the day. Well, but, it's
0: funny cause Tone Loke would have been somebody to see back in the day. I mean, sure. Tone Loke
1: was a big deal. Yeah. Ace Ventura, funky cold Medina, yeah. you know, Tone Loke. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, Bone Thugs um they I believe before they met Easy, they had him on the phone and they did yes. the whole like kind of like rapid fire like boom ba boom boom, yeah. like all of that and he's like, "Okay, I'm kind of interested in this." And Easy always had an incredible ear for talent. I mean, yeah. like it goes without saying Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, him assembling and and really putting a stamp on NWA. More or less gave them their name right. too. Cocaine is another one that Ruthless kind of cultivated yes. and put out there above yep. the law. So, Easy, I feel like I feel like we kind of have to talk about Easy E when speaking of Bone Thugs well, of especially around this time period. Of course. Um people correctly assess his career in like 1992 and 93 is like man he was like the laughing stock of hip hop, right? But I'll say this about Easy, again, he knew how to find talent and he mm-hmm. really had an ear for that and knew how to push it. So he was ahead of the curve and even giving them a chance and saying, "Okay, we're we're going to try this out here."
0: Well, Easy was a uh Easy was a hell of a boss from right. that from that perspective and I would say even in that sense he was ahead of his time um and we but, always mention the Shug knights and the Masterpiece. but yeah, like and, Easy and never really talk about us because Easy that, never did get to see it fully, fully developed yeah. fulfill that whole thing mm-hmm. um so yeah Bone you know originally they were their first name was like the Band-Aid boys which is awful it just <laughs> oh, sounds God. like you get beat up every week And then you have to, to, I don't know, patch yourself up. It's just a stupid name. It is a very stupid. It's a horrible name. That is a stupid name. Um, and then eventually, and all of this was without Flesh and Bone, who was he joined last, and Mm -hmm. he's been in and out of that group, um, throughout time. But
1: were they just okay? So after the Band Aid Boys, and I'm Bone Enterprise. Bone Enterprise, and then were they just Bone at one point?
0: Well, so then, uh, Easy. Once they got on with Easy, he wanted them to change it to Thugs in Harmony. But yeah, they wanted yeah, to yeah, keep yeah. Bone. So it became Bone Thugs in Harmony. So, so, so quite the name. Yeah. Ab- I mean, if you think about it, if you really... we Our whole lives, like, it's just been kind of accepted like normal. But when you think about it, it's like, what a weird name. Yeah. Just, like Bone Thugs in Harmony. With the little hyphens The harmony part and- totally makes sense for sure. You, I mean, that's that's their thing. But it's just a, it's a funny name. But, yeah, so... Uh, you know, they they release uh they released Creepy Creeping Creepin on, on a, a come, up. come
1: Up. Yep, the EP. That and, was their first release with Ruthless Records. Yes.
0: And that was that was successful. People liked that album. Well, um, yeah I think it went quadruple platinum, yeah, if I'm not it mistaken. Was, it was a, a huge hit that was successful. And things got just I mean, talk about a 180. Really, like it's really not dark, like really really it's quick. not like easy was uh, known to himself or anyone to be living with HIV and I mean, full-blown AIDS the way they yeah, well yeah, yeah then right yeah I don't um, even think there was an HIV
1: diagnosis from the for time
0: easy. from the time easy kind of went to the hospital and they told him about like he he died like really quickly yeah he, it was kind of just Suspiciously like, quickly. Sus- I have my I own know. thoughts on no, that. I, I, I look, really... I agree. Yeah. This ain't the pod for it. We can do that on <laughs> Save our... Save it for the theology podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <know>. <laughs> <laughs> when we put on our tinfoil hats and do our other podcasts, yes. uh, we can talk about that. But he died suspiciously quickly. Yeah. Uh, even for that time. You know, like now we got medicines that prolong life in a way that it didn't back then. But even for that time, that's... I mean, shit. Freddie Mercury even lived a few years. Yeah. Like yeah. anyway. So yeah, easy. So easy
1: passes in March of '95. Now yep. creeping on a come up is a is a huge record. I mean, it yes. did go quadruple platinum. You have for the love of money on yep. there. You have thuggish, Ruggish bone. And the crazy part, I mean, Which I feel is like one of my favorite bass lines that there's ever. Oh, been. Oh, for sure. It still still slaps. But uh, like the crazy part about the whole. Creeping On A Come Up and The Ruthless, like, involvement, is it directly tied them into, like, the Death Row thing, too. Yes. But Joel, you know, of Death Row is actually on that record, yeah. which is crazy, doing yeah. background vocals. Right. Um. But, yeah, Bone Thugs kind of jumped on the scene. I mean, it's, they were certainly different and unique enough to, like, really grab your attention. Very much this, so. You know, this isn't like, all right, yeah, another guy, like, J. Rue the Damager or something, like, another guy with bars or,
0: like, they were... He just straight for no reason. I'm but sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. J. was cool, but that's yeah. fair. Um, so yeah, so easy passes. Right. Um, and East 99, um, releases, and you know, obviously part of the album is a tribute to him. He's even in one of the windows on the album cover, mm-hmm. way up near the top floor. I believe it came out uh, what four months after? Yes, he passed. four months after yeah. he passed. Um. And, but in between that time, there was a lot of, uh, you know, like they, they've even given voice to, we thought this shit was over. Yeah. Like when, when easy pass, cause easy really was that much, um, that instrumental involved, in their careers right.
1: and the day to day. And like, they really kind of felt them. like
0: they had no, like, what are we going to do now? Right. Um, and this album comes out and. If They're there, bigger if, than ever. Yeah, if there were any doubters, like okay, yeah, yeah they had the first record and it's
1: an EP. I, you know, I forget how many songs were on that. Maybe eight or nine yeah. or something like that. But uh, this comes out and it's another quadruple platinum album yep. with another series of singles that like <laughs> you're still gonna hear today. Yeah, it, like I've I remember the first time I heard the Crossroads, for example. I was probably six or
0: seven years old. I mean that record I mean, was Crossroads was one of those songs that like sitcoms were riffing on like just it it was it was really just part of the zeitgeist like it was transcended everyone's yeah exactly it transcended it became like a a pop thing exactly you know so uh this album comes out they blow up um bigger than ever and I, i always thought it was it was funny because of exactly how different they are, and and that obviously plays into them blowing up. But it's just when you, it's like I said, if you if you break down almost everything about Bone Thugs to like it's it's uh no pun intended, but it's bare bones, mm-hmm. then uh it's actually kind of funny because you know what it's like to me, um, it's like even if you listen to like okay, so there's a song in this album called Me Killer, mm-hmm. and it's like if Boys to Men started a duop group in Angola. Or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's just, just the right amount of, of, of
1: thuggishness to it.
0: Yeah. They're talking about like the darkest, most murderous, evil, heinous shit but they're singing it and yeah. it's just hilarious to me like it, but it sounds great. It sounds, it's still, it's aged so well. It they still were sounds kind of a,
1: a little bit of a horror core group when oh, they started out. One hundred percent. I mean, you got the, Mr. The Ouija is, board on, on this album. They
0: are singing to Ouija's. They're basically summoning dark magic yep. on this album. They're making references to like Leatherface and right. Serial killers. And this album is so much about death and murder and on a, on a deeper level, if you will, it's, just a glimpse into the mind of people growing up in that environment and how they have to get their money or how they at least feel they have to get their money and how they feel like they need to get by. And it's just about a lot of death and
1: robbery is a theme of their like even if you look at later projects like resurrection and yeah. the art of war and yep. stuff like that like it was always kind of a theme with them but they because of their ability to like do the sing-song thing and yeah. you you don't
0: you almost forget that that's what it's correct. about correct
1: it, that's exactly what i'm trying to get at it's one of those things where like they could be they have the song mo murder mo murder yeah. mo and like which is a, a, banger. a banger right but like the theme of this album is really really dark and somehow it's like their their ability
0: to to craft these songs like kind of overshadows all of that in a good way. And speaking of Mo Murder, they use the Bootsy Collins I'd Rather Be With you sample on that song. I didn't even notice that. Yes. And um that's just yet another you know what's one of the funniest things to me in music is when is when somebody uses a sample of something that was so beautiful and they use it for a song that's just like completely, like, demonic and just yeah. evil and yeah. and heinous. Like, it, that's what one, made it yeah. even funnier.
1: One of those examples, like, I was listening to the other day, not to get too far off topic, but um, I love Gene Chandler, old, like, 60s yeah. doo-wop singer. He yeah. has this song called The Duke of Earl, and yeah. it's the most doo-wop song yeah. ever, but Cypress Hill flipped that into Hand on the Pump, and it's Cy- like, Cypress yeah.
0: Hill would do exactly that Correct. to it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's just one, of, I always found that just funny as, like, a, a little side thing mm-hmm. about hip-hop where, People would take uh just something that had nothing to do with anything like evil and just turn it into, well, Mo Murder. I didn't even notice that I'm not gonna lie. And I'm usually like the guy yeah. that would notice stuff if like that. If you go watch yeah. when you listen to it now, you're gonna hear that shit yeah, like yeah, immediately. Yeah. yeah. Uh so um I would say I would say uh one thing that is particularly interesting to me about this album is they really aren't showing you in terms of, of subject matter and content. They're showing you absolutely no versatility. There is no glimmer of hope on this album. There is no... First of the month maybe being the only thing. Sure. Or the, or the, or the, in the crossroads. Like, yeah, just in yeah. terms but of even like... even that, that shit, that's just like... Yeah. <laughs> somebody that thinks like me did this to some of my homies and now I miss them. Like,
1: yeah. it's not all about their friends. Obviously,
0: saying. it's about family members. Easy and uncle about, Charles. Uncle Charles, of course. <laughs> Shout out <laughs> yeah. to him again. Yes. Um, they're talking about pets on there and and uh and I think uh Lazy Lazy mentions his daughter on that song. He he had like an infant daughter who died. Jesus. Um, yeah. So, somehow took an even darker turn. It did, right? Yeah. So, um, but this album is so it's cohesive. One dark thing, and yeah. there's so much despair and that's all it is, right? But the thing is that what shines through is the talent. Mm-hmm. Like it's, these dudes are still some of the most talented dudes. I think that have, that have ever now anyone can, can debate um, individually how they feel about any of them. And I have some strong opinions on that. Yes. Um, but as a collective, as a group complimenting each other it's, very well, it's brilliant, right? It's, it's hard to do. Right. That's not something that's, I, it's, it it cannot be it cannot be overstated how difficult it is to have four or five dudes that have all somehow
1: cultivated this style And some better than others, but again, I go back to like the Temptations thing because you do have like a a falsetto guy, you do have like a lazy. They really did have it. Lazy kind of has like the middle part of it, and then Crazy's a little bit more of like almost like the baritone. You recognize him? I think Wish is horrible. Never liked, never liked Wishbone. Glad he was left off songs like uh, Notorious Thugs with Biggie and stuff like. It's like you know what? We really don't need Wish. But I'll say for this project, I don't think Wish like kills it, you know, like in, in, in a bad way. No, this is, I think this is bone thugs at like their peak for sure. Oh, agreed. Yeah.
0: Um, now that being said, I will say the downside because yes, their, their creativity, uh, shines through in their uh, just in terms of like their stylistically. Yeah. yeah. Just how they're able to put it together. Creativity shines through. They don't have a whole lot to talk about aside from murder. That's really all they they talk about. But, um, the downside to to them kind of being a um, a one-trick pony is that so much of the album just sounds like the same one song yeah and not not and not, it's not it's not, not, not for a, lack of i don't think the production sucks at all i don't think the production sucks i don't think the production I, is a strength either though no it's not particularly strong but right. i wouldn't i wouldn't point to this and say like the production is holding this album back. I actually Correct. think the production is perfect for them. Right, like it's it's just more so. So many of the songs and and because of what they're talking about, like certain things can can make a song drastically different because the subject matter is different. Right. Um, even if the production were to sound similar, sim- right. right, 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 right. But since they're talking about the same thing and the production is pretty similar throughout. Fairly oh, similar throughout. I, I would say we've discussed a lot of
1: albums on these episodes and yeah. this is one that kind of like really stands out in terms of man, it it and it it's not in a parliament type of way where it all sounds no. like one big song and you enjoy it because it's like a big groove session. Like this just by the end of this album it feels tiring. It felt tedious. Yeah, like well, I like "Mo Murder." That kind of like is towards oh, yeah. the end of the album, but like, well, there's songs that I really,
0: really like on here. Same Absolutely. here. Absolutely. I just but, think um, Bone is one of those. But groups. it does sound like just one, uh, one big long good song. But you know, it it does become kind of uh, it's like in a tattoo, exhausting. Like it's just it just keeps poking that same spot right repeatedly. Right. And it's not painful; it just becomes grating. Although a tattoo can be painful, whatever. But like, it's it's just more so. It's just poking. It just keeps poking you. Like, okay, okay, all I, right. And then this is. I just never viewed Bone as a group that,
1: like, let me think of how to how to say this. Like, I don't particularly enjoy the thought of like eighteen songs from Bone Thugs right. and Harmony.
0: Right, and because because they
1: they are more style than substance. Yes, and because the production is good, that. because the production is good and not great, like it makes it even it's a little bit harder to stomach all of that.
0: I think I, I would certainly agree with that. It's the the length of the album does them no favors because they are just that one thing. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think creeping on a come up is like such like yeah. the, the, like if you give package me, it
1: tightly like you that. you give me
0: ten to thirteen mm-hmm, of these. Mm-hmm. And
1: especially because you have four and if you're including flesh and bone, like you have five members on a song. So how how long are these songs, Frank? I mean, there are yeah. four or five minutes each song. Yeah. So it's like yep. you know what you're getting. And again, it really shines in certain spots. Like uh like first of the month, like some of these Mo Murda, some of these records, but like again, after a while you're like, I feel like I've heard this three or four songs ago.
0: I, I, you do get that feeling uh, throughout the album. DJ so, Unique did these beats, by the way. Yes, he's, um, he's solid to me. Yeah, that, and that's the that's the thing is like there's nothing particularly bad or even um, below average or even just average. Mm-hmm. I would say about this album. I think everything is at least above average on this album, and I think they're crazy talented and what they're able to pull off is incredibly difficult, um, but it does run. It's course. a bit long. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not. I don't need. I don't need for every album I listen to, to just be this uh, super deep type of or personal, album that whatever, has all yeah. of these different Checking subject off matters and. and uh, but I also. I Am not necessarily trying to listen to uh, seventeen songs Nikula about and, chopping and like, people up. And correct. F- like you know, it's just kind of, it's just, it's just a little too much. Not even in terms of of goriness or, or like me saying that it's too like demonic or anything. Right. That's it. Just gets repetitive. Right. That's all it is. It's yeah. just the repetitiveness of it. You can't o- overstate too how just big Bone Thugs
1: was around this time. Oh, and, and I feel like one thing that people don't talk about and and i wish they would give bone a little bit more credit with is obviously yes they've paved ways for a lot of artists that try to do what they did and came after like i would argue like three six around this time try to do that but to a much lesser
0: effect like because they don't have the rapid fire delivery they don't have like one thing they they definitely have in common three six was also i mean look at their name but that was also uh, another group who was on some more dark, like, demonic type of shit, which is not something you really hear in hip-hop. Not then, not now. Like, it's yeah. not super common thing. That's just not really You common. could go find
1: it if you dig hard enough, Yeah, pun intended, you know, get your shovel, whatever. But, like, it's not ever going to be a mainstream that's not thing. Something that's Bone really, took it mainstream.
0: That's not really something that's uh, popular among black people, period. Like, mm. You know, just because we grow up with, you know, these th- super religious, like, family members. Like, you know, it's it's rare to see that. Right. Um Probably more common now than it was then. But uh so that was something that made them unique. They were and, huge, man. Just, yeah, to get, just to get back on that real that quick. That Ouija you know? board, shit, like, it's, it's just like, it's different. It's kind of, when you listen to it, it's almost like, what the hell made them? Come, like come up with it when they were in the studio they're like we're gonna sing to a ouija board mm-hmm. like it's just it's kind of weird like they're asking it to show them like the way. like it's just they're very very different and in a good way um but in in a way that i also think ran its course with people like aside from them getting in his in their own way like they did um I think that's something that eventually would have happened anyway.
1: Yes. They they are an act of the 90s that was as big as your Pock Biggie Nas, whoever you want to mention, Cube, whoever. And they were. They were. Yeah. If not bigger. They were on that Grammy level because they had such crossover success. But yeah, I don't think that I don't think that they would have um even if if even if they had stayed together, right? I don't think that their the way they approach their songs and their subject matter and all of that. I don't think that that would have carried over for like a 10 15 20 year career where they're continuously dropping no excellent way. albums. Do you think this is a classic? Yes,
0: what would you rate yes, it, it on a
1: scale of one to 10? Because music, it, it's a classic, right? In terms well, but of, but you're asking me objectively,
0: so if you're asking me if it's a personal classic, no, but I it is a that. classic, right? It is a classic. You, you tip your hat to it, you acknowledge it yeah, as such of
1: because of all of the, the you know the impact that we've discussed that it had, but yeah. like, I just Man, it's an album I hadn't heard in in probably 50, you know 10, 15 years, and I'm probably not going to listen to it again anytime soon. No,
0: I yeah. mean it's it's not um maybe a few choice cuts, but like that's the extent of it. It's a it's a good album. It's mm-hmm. a, personally, it's a good album mm-hmm. to me. Um, I'll probably give it a seven, seven and a half. Maybe. That's kind of where I have it, like a um, seven
1: and a half out of ten.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's.
1: For the album itself, musically, lyrically, what they're bringing to the table. I think their style elevates it a little bit because if they didn't sound as good as they did, then this album's probably a 4 or a 5 out of 10.
0: Yeah, I I just think... um, Which sounds crazy to even say
1: about East 1999, Eternal, and Bone thugs and harmony but I don't think that a lot of this has really aged particularly well.
0: No, I I think Bone Thugs deserves a lot of credit for just um, what they uh kind of paved the way for or if you at least don't think they paved the way for they were um important an important step along the way of certain things like for one they made uh stoner music a lot more they still stoner still listen to correct thugs songs about weed like it's you know, that's they, just they, part they, of it.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because that's one thing that they've always done consistently well. Yes. And even on some of these splinter projects that yep. we touched on earlier, they have some, Busy some Bone had uh, Friday yep. from next Friday exactly. and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I,
0: they they have they elements really well. of
1: things that they are excellent at, but it's just, I don't know, man. I don't know if it was, like, really my cup of tea like that.
0: Yeah. as um, like
1: all of the new Bone Thugs albums coming, like, by 2000. Two, three, four, and beyond, and they had a few hits around that time.
0: I just, I was not checking for Bone Thugs and Harmony. No, you know. But um, you know. That being said, I think um, you know, I would, I, if I were to describe it like in in sports terms, if I'm looking at like an athlete as a prospect, I would say, uh, Bone Thugs is what, like Bo Jackson or something? Like, no, they, not even comparing it to a player. Just like as a prospect it's um high floor low ceiling Mm. like i the the album doesn't reach any like highs that are any type of mind-blowing but it's a high floor Mm -hmm. because it's gonna be it's gonna be good enough for you to call it good and i'll say that i don't think that there's like any like whoa this is some no whack shit on here like
1: it's even keel nor the opposite right nor
0: is there gonna be some damn this shit is great like it's not going to be either one of those things. It's going to be, but it's also not, it's not mid. It's just, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's
1: good. And I felt like Bone in terms of like that, oh my God, did you hear that? They worked better on Features with stuff like that. Agreed. Like they, on, yeah. on Thug Love with Pac, yes. obviously Notorious Thugs, but yes. like even like Crazy Bone on Little John's I Don't Give a Fuck yep. and songs like yep. that. Like uh, sign me up for Certainly. that. Yeah.
0: If they, yeah, if they them on Features, that'll be something where it's like, damn, mm-hmm. but just album wise, album, I don't know. Um, what, do you have a favorite track on this? Uh, I would, I would probably go Mo, Mo Murda. Mo Murda yeah. I, I like that.
1: I like the easy chi- top like, three, kind of like me. the chimes in the background too. Mm-hmm. And, and I, that kind of screwed up type of hook yeah. that they start off with. Yeah. And the beat is
0: kind of thumping and I feel like everybody does their thing on it. So probably I probably go- love the horrorcore aspect of this album. That kind of yeah. like it's different, dark like organ type of mm-hmm. sound. They they mm-hmm. do have that throughout. I do love that sound. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably say "Land of the Heartless" is okay. is my favorite on the album. And and to to speak to what I was just saying about high floor, low ceiling, I do have a favorite track, but I don't have a least favorite track. I agree because with I don't that. think any of them are bad. Like nope. I can listen to all the tracks oh, and yeah. they're all good yeah it's just that none of them are are like excellent or that creative right uh they are they're super talented they're special but the track as a whole is good their misses are more it's not so much like oh that's bad it's like you forget
1: it you, yeah. Like you forget about it it's just like uh, oh okay and like this song is on here like which is almost kind of as bad right because at least if it's considerably whack like we were talking about big girl on Nostradamus Whew. it's polarizing at least right it yep. creates for people to talk about it get, people are going to talk about it with this it kind of just blends together and that's what it is yep you want to get into Soul Food let's do it I'm gonna let you tee this one off because admittedly you are we all have our strengths right in terms of our listenership here. You are much more privy to the entire Dungeon family um, collective and how all of that came together. And even this particular album and time period, again, released in November of 95, but they had been around for the past year and a half. And a lot of this material was recorded around that time period and leading up to the late 95 release.
0: Right. So this was uh, this was organized noise, um, organized noise being the production. Mm-hmm uh for
1: yeah I mean that kind of just sounded like well you know it's organized yeah. noise. <laughs> right. You want to elaborate on that? Yeah so right. if you the don't know who the production
0: is. team um that does the Dungeon families projects. Mm-hmm. Um so organized noise had the the year prior, Southern playlist Cadillac music came out. That was Outcast debut album and Players Ball. Yeah I mean just, just which was released as a Christmas song. Mm-hmm um, so got those jingle bells in it. So the first time you heard Goody Mob was on "Get Up, Get Out," which is a great song, right? And um, you kind of immediately just just hear the talent in these dudes. You immediately hear how unique CeeLo is yeah. as as just a a standalone person. Um, he he has the first verse on that, and when you hear that voice, it immediately captures you. So still does. Yep, still does. So uh this is now a year later or so uh-huh. and and soul food comes out. So this album um if I could if I could just uh wax poetic for a second, the floor is yours. This album is uh I I believe in my estimation that this is one one of the most well put together pieces of art that hip hop has ever seen. I think of this album the way that people the way that people view uh, a Public Enemy or uh, a KRS One um, or Common in terms of their conscious, the roots, mm-hmm. in terms of in terms of having a tribe, conscious right. tribe conscious rap and and really c- having super important and introspective and observant social commentary this album is an absolute masterpiece when it comes to that 1000 and, and agree. it it flows between that is the themes are you know it's it's macabre it's um it's 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 ominous mm-hmm. it's
1: Uplifting it's in it's also
0: in, it's also introspective. Mm-hmm. um, it's self-reflective, but ultimately it is uplifting. you know, through all of through all of that stuff, it is ultimately uplifting, message. right. And the reason that I said at the beginning of this that I really enjoy the juxtaposition of these two albums is because from the bone thug side, you kind of have them saying, this is what we do. This is where we from, this is how we got to get it. And then from Goody Mob side, they're saying, okay, this is what we do, but why? Right. And how do we get out of that? You know what I hate about uh, really
1: this time period in hip hop, this album and the messages throughout, like this is, it, for people into socially um, conscious and aware type of hip hop and you're going to get a message, this is every bit of that. but. It w- it wasn't treated as such because of how they sound, and, and at that time there was still it was. It, there was still major pushback on Southern records, and this is like, this is as Southern of oh, an yeah. album as you are going to find. I would argue this is like even this more is among so the most Southern albums that there's ever been. more than
0: Outcast because yes. Outcast was like eclectic and and well, and I'll say I will say this. I don't mean to cut you off, but you know I'm I'm. One of the biggest OutKast fans that there For is. For sure. Um, this album is as good as any album that OutKast has ever made. I think this is my favorite like album like from Dungeon. the Dungeon family. And that's fair. Yeah. And that's fair. And um, like
1: even with like, because uh, obviously the members of the group are um, Cujo, yep. Timo, Big Gip, yep. and CeeLo. Yep. CeeLo is the very clear star here. And became such. Right. I don't think that... Um, Timo and Cujo and Big Gip What they lack in the lyrical dexterity in terms of how they structure their rhymes, you feel it. And oh, they're delivering what do you want out of like songs like this? You want to feel especially when this is the message, right? Yes. Like when they're talking about on yeah. songs like Cell Therapy and Guess Who and there's a lot of deep I mean, stuff here. I'd rather feel that artist than just have some rapidy rap rapper get on there and Deliver it in the most technically structured way. So this to speak. is
0: uh, this is one of the most brilliant, um, introspective. This is really a, a a look into the the psyche and the trauma of being a young black male, and you know, and from their perspective, growing up in in the what was termed the the dirty south. Right. Um, first first ones to I believe ever coined. Yeah, that, that term was coined. That was that on, was coined on like the third
1: song on this album. Yes. Yeah.
0: So. But this, it was really, it served as, it didn't matter where you were listening to it. If you grew up in this environment. Right. It's going to resonate. And I mean, it really, they're really, really digging deep into the trauma that comes with, they're talking about, uh, you know, the the government, the police, and all of this stuff that. Is this designed to. to keep you in. To keep right, us here. Exactly. To keep us trapped. Right. right. And then this is what comes from it. You talk about songs like uh, Sesame street. Mm-hmm. And it's so real. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, I mean, they're talking about shit like hopelessness, yeah. like being suicidal, like giving up is, is that kind of thing. Whereas, um, you know, you make a mistake or you do something cause of the environment you're in and now you're fa- You might go to jail forever. So what do you do? He, uh, you know, they, they talk about on that song, somebody that they were in jail with hanging itself. Right. Because it's like, well, I can't, I can't face being gone forever. So like the L this is, this is one of those things where this album is, it's, it's, uh, that's why I love that. It's called soul Soul food. food. What feels like that? Like if I feel like it's probably the most aptly titled album that there can be, that's exactly what this is. And and you feel these these you feel so many feelings throughout this, um, especially if you can relate to anything they're saying. Well but even, even me, like can, I, I I can't
1: relate to that,
0: but I feel like
1: the, the way that they paint this, you envision it and you empathize with this and like they're really taking you through every range of emotion in terms of all of their struggle. And yes, like I think Atlanta is primarily known as, like, the, the D-Boy type of hip-hop scene. There is none of that on this album. And I'm not saying that the D-Boy thing is bad. Like, we've covered trap music. There are several classics, like TM101, like, yeah, all this stuff, you absolutely. know? But Soul Food, like, when I when I think of this album, like, I'm imagining, like, some dudes literally, like, getting it out of the mud here. Like, it, it, it's the cornbread, the mac and cheese, the
0: collard green. Like, they give you that total South I mean, it it talks about so many things that, you know, a lot of artists are honestly uh, afraid to even, like, speak on. I mean, they even talk about stuff like like that challenge of of masculinity, of having to be hard, like having to grow and, and be hard, like... Because you can't be seen right. as weak, You're it's, prey. If you're anything
1: but that, so you kind of have to create this image, and and maybe eventually you yeah. embody that and you become that. But it's not because you just wanted to do that. Yeah, it's cultivated they, from this environment.
0: I mean, it's it's absolutely brilliant. It's Swats. why it's why I say it's like um, it, this is this is revolution music. Mm-hmm. It just sounds different. It might not be dead prez, in, in terms of yeah, how they're presenting it, it just but sounds different and to me it sounds better. That's shit is more palatable to me. Then I'm going to be more. honest with you. I rather listen to this than KRS-One any day. Yeah. So like because organized noise does a hell oh, of a well, job on these a, beats. As we talked about, this is this is the total opposite of Bone Thugs. Right. That's no shot to a to DJ their production. Unique, yeah. But this album is is Impeccably produced, and it's
1: crazy too because a lot of it is very simplistic. But yeah, it's not but that it's, it's not that every beat has to be like so multifaceted. Exactly. It doesn't like need sometimes to have twelve sim- layers. Yeah, sometimes simplicity, like especially when you're delivering, you don't want the production to overshadow this yes. message either. And Agreed. I think that there was such a. A perfect blend of that mm-hmm. on this record, because like "Cell Therapy," for example, and and just real wow. quick, "Cell Therapy" is like one of my favorite singles of all time. But we're talking, we, we went from talking about Bone Thugs. Now, keep in mind, both of these albums were released in 1995. Bone Thugs, their first two albums are literally eight million out the out the door. Yep. This barely pushed gold. Yep. You know, I mean, maybe it's certified platinum at this point, yeah. but like by mid '96, late '96, this was a gold album, and I feel like it was just that stigma of the South still. But that's,
0: that's what it is, right? Um, and I mean, it, it can't be, it can't be overstated. Like CeeLo, CeeLo is the star of the show, mm-hmm. and that's why he ultimately. Everybody,
1: but it's having a having a good supporting. Actor, oh, well, everybody example. did like, their, yeah, everybody that, did that their thing. That
0: enhances the project, too. Everybody did their thing on, on this album. What's your favorite um, song? It's it's Cell Therapy. I would probably pick Cell
1: Therapy, but if I had to go, like, 1B, I might go Goody Bag. I, I was just... So, so, it's funny you
0: say that. I was just about to... That's why I was talking about CeeLo, Yeah, because like, he is... CeeLo uh, freestyles most of that verse. And he is... If not all of it. Unhinged on that record. Yes, like, his is. voice
1: is hoarse. Like, yeah. he, you... Feel what he's saying. He's
0: going to even at like the end of even at the end of the verse, like it's almost like he, you know, how sometimes somebody be in that pocket, right? And like they end it like, let me stop for I kid. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it was that before kind of I thing keep with, going off. Like, like st- he could have kept going. That for is sure. such a great song, and it it showcases that talent not just from him, but from from all of them. Mm-hmm. This is a very talented group. Like talent doesn't just mean that you. That you are a lyricist, right. that you have these punchlines. That you have the of. like hell, I'm wearing a lupe shirt. Like you don't need to be lupe. Right. You, you don't need to be anything like that. Like it's your so, so much of it is your presence, your delivery, and the way that you know how to ride the beat. Mm-hmm. And they all can and still, do that and still, perfectly
1: still stick to the concept of this record. They deliver the message every yes. time. Every single time. Yeah. And and the flows are like again if you're comparing this to a lot of other hip hop around the time, it is very different. And I could kind of understand why maybe initially it wasn't as digestible it was like a player's ball, right? But man, run through this and tell me, again, I say what they lack in, in lyrical dexterity, and I'm not talking about CeeLo because CeeLo still has the bars, but like you you feel that in range and emotion in terms of their subject matter and how they're approaching each record.
0: Um, I just, I I think that this truly is just one of the most, I, I don't say this about a lot of albums, um, for a deeper reason than, uh, for Sonic purposes. Like there's plenty of albums. I'll tell people, I really think you, you need to listen to this album. It's Mm -hmm. important that you hear this album. I'll tell them that because it's just a great album. It sounds good. You know, like this is for For more than that, I think people just need to listen to this album because I'm not sure, if you're not a Goody Mob fan, I'm not sure that you understand exactly what they were able to accomplish on this album and the subject matter that they were able to dive into on this album and how they were able to take that kind of morbid, reality and subject matter that it's they were bleak. talking about it's, is it's very bleak, bleak. It's yeah very bleak and it's angry yeah and it's angry and they were kind of able to always turn that into something almost spiritual mm-hmm. and uplifting it Has a very spiritual gospel type of tone and to a, it and as well it ends in that way too right the, the way the album ends is very much like right. that um you know what's crazy that is it's so just, difficult it, Almost impossible to pull off. Yes. Especially especially
1: with a four man group. Again, yes. we're talking about groups, you just don't see them anymore. So right. the fact that they were all to they were all able to get together and put out a record as flawless as this, because I'm going to say it is I think this is a ten out of ten album. If you are not familiar with Goody Mob, and maybe you know CeeLo Green from Fuck You or Crazy, or maybe you know Big Gip from Grills, Grylls. right, or Ali and Gip when he partnered with that. Ali from the St. Lunatics, mm-hmm. go back and listen to this because you'll thank us, trust me. I think that, um, like, for me, for example, I didn't discover this until, man, I was maybe seven, 16, 17, 18 years old, and and those songs that we just referred to, the singles from, like, the individual artists, like, I had heard all of those, but I didn't really dive into soul food until I was almost done with high school, right? And, uh, shout out to Pat, you know, our guy, Pat, he's the one that actually put me on soul food and it was just, I had a totally different perspective of every one of these members after I heard this.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, like I said, it's, it's a different, this is a different type of revolutionary music than you've ever heard, but also the same, like it's just delivered very differently. And it's, it's very, um, uplifting while also being extremely real right it's not there's no uh punches held back this there's no over
1: um glamorization of just there's none of it sex and you got a lot of there's that from n- bone thugs there's not Yeah. the know? only
0: as a matter of fact the only person oh by the way i would be remiss to not uh to not mention uh we did on this album get one of those absolutely timeless three-stacks Andre stacks versus, I knew that's where you were going to go, mean, go too, that's I mean, I can't like a believe we even the, waited yeah, this long yeah, to talk yeah. about it, but on thought process, yeah. um, three-stacks just... I would say... As talented as... What CeeLo is to Goody Mob is what three-stacks is to uh, almost anyone. Yeah. Well, and just real
1: quick with that song, too. This came out in 95. Mm-hmm. Like, so you're getting classics from so many different artists, and I personally think that, like... Nas on Mob Deep's "Eye for an Eye" is like the best feature of all time, but like I think thought process, like Andre on See, thought that process, that like that, right? But I feel like Andre on thought process, it, it is one of those like, well, that's a verse of the year contender, easily, even even in in '95 where hip hop had never been better.
0: Yeah, you know. Yep. Um. So you get, and you also get. Uh, I'm I was going off of the point you were making uh, about kind of nothing ever really being uh glamorized on this album. It's really they're talking about things in a very real way and not trying to uh make it seem like it's this great thing. They're talking about it matter of fact. Which is crazy this is what it is. This isn't what I wanted to be. This is what it is. In fact, I don't want it to be this. Which is crazy because Atlanta
1: literally embodies like yes. the opposite of that and has for like the better part of 20 years. Where
0: it's but just glamorizing. The one moment I will say on this album where that is happening is, um, and I do love the verse, but Big Boy's totally out of place verse on Dirty South. Mm-hmm. It just kind of, he basically just talking about like getting head and like nothing in some chick's mouth. It's weird. Like, yeah. it's just kind of like, it, it doesn't really fit the theme of the right. album, but it's a great verse because Big Boy is just, Big Boy is a great rapper. hmm So it's a great verse, but it does feel kind
1: of, uh, out of place, especially when, I mean, this, this album, I think is like 19 tracks or whatever. And it's like, it all pretty much is gelled together in a perfect way. And yeah, you could nitpick that. Right. But it is big, it is big boy. So the flow and the delivery and the voice is is there. I
0: would just say if there's one, if there's ever something being glamorized on his album is that he kind of is like glamorizing like the player lifestyle, whatever. Cool. That's big boy. Hell, that's big boy. That's That's what he does. Yeah. Um, but you know I, how I, mean, I feel about skits too but they don't bother me on this oh no like they really don't no like because they're great they're yeah they're creative and they lend to the album it's not just some like some side shit that kind of was thrown in there for no reason right. or like, they like just some com, be like funny. some like some
1: attempt at comedy yeah because like especially as the 90s went on i feel like man albums got so bloated with that bullshit yeah but like the, it doesn't bother me on soul food because i feel like everything serves a purpose and even like they're they're brief enough and concise enough to where like it'll start and then kind of just go into the next record. Whether it's CeeLo harmonizing on what is it, uh blood?
0: Yes. Yeah. So yeah. like so even he,
1: that leading into the next song, I feel like it's it's there
0: for a like it it does well. It so, works well together. Um it's funny you should mention that because the next song is uh live at the Omni, one million niggas inside, yep. and Ness that is a, truly a revolution song. Mm-hmm. That's like a, that's like a, a a like storm the White House song. Right, like, like we're sick of this shit, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's like the the most fed up, angry song that Expression there is on that. there. Yes. Um, this album is amazing. It's crazy like it, how huh? it's legitimately amazing. You know what's wild it's, to me, and Frank? Every si- and I mean every song is.
1: Right. And it's different too. It
0: doesn't feel it it There's is not, not like one Bone song Thugs. sounds like another Correct. at all. It, it's no.
1: it is wild to me because we picked these two albums because they both dropped in ninety five. There's um Collected heavy groups. Heavy yes, the groups, um heavy cultural impact, heavy commercial impact. Yep. And I hadn't listened to East Ninety Nine Eternal in, in so long. So I know how I feel about soul food, but I was hoping that I'd go back and and really be like energized and be like, oh, I don't know, man. Bone thugs is, you know, th- this is going to be a little tougher. It's not to me. Like if anything, I'm, I'm more deterred from like the bone thugs catalog after going through those 16, 17 songs.
0: So I'll say, uh, in contrast to that. Yeah. Let's hear it. Uh, revisiting, East 1999, Eternal, I like that more than... You did back then? ...than I used to. Hmm.
1: See, I was a, I was a big Bone fan in, in the late 90s, early 2000s. I was, but
0: I didn't care like that. Right. You know, like, I. but I was... It was just so much other shit that, yeah. you know, it's not like I was crazy about them. No pun intended. Yeah. I was lazy <laughs> about them. Yes.
1: So, uh... Not busy either. <laughs> I wasn't busy were, thinking you were, about You are probably them. wishing that you went yes. back to this and, Yes. You know.
0: <laughs> I can't do nothing with flesh. I know. So um, so yeah, I I do like this album more than I did then. I don't. But that being said, even even with liking this album more than I used to, and even with listening to this and enjoying it, um, in a way that I hadn't before, you know what? You know, I think that album was perfect for it because I was I was listening to it uh, while I was working. It's perfect for that.
1: What just work? Just, oh, just throw it on yeah. because you're not going to be just inclined. You're not going to be inclined to be like, oh, let me rewind that and hear Nothing what he said, or out. the beat where it's, it's like, man, I got to run going. that song back. It's just yeah. going and it's yeah. all
0: riding. It all right. sounds good. Right. It all sounds good. It's a continuous loop of that's sounding actually, good.
1: That's actually that's a great thing for like that's a great way to put that right. because I do feel like it is like. Background music in a yeah. and that sounds no, so insulting, sound but no, but I mean, like, you don't,
0: you don't, you're not gonna focus on, like,
1: oh man, that 16 this is, right there. This is
0: an album that you could put on in the background while you're listening to Soul Food, and uh, <laughs> you can just all right, we're man, we're going off the deep end here, so no, poor, but, poor bone thugs, goddamn, no, but it's a, it's a, uh, it is a good album, I did enjoy it more this time around, however even with that bump that it received from me is seven
1: and a half out of 10 It's
0: still not even sniffing soul food. It's not even sniffing it. Like it's like soul food is, is a, a true heavyweight mm-hmm. and I don't care how anybody feel it. Like it, I will never, I will never respect an opinion that says that this is not at least a great album. You don't have to say it's a 10 out of 10, like we feel, you don't need to feel like it's perfect, but you cannot tell me this is not a great album. Or, like I, I unless you're just one of these people. i see the way that my brain works, and it, it might just be the the southern mentality. If you don't think this is a great album, it's just because you rather hear uh, Boom Bap, Jay Z, yeah, or you know, yeah, or some shit that from up north. And it's like, okay, well, I can't respect if you're just gonna come with your dusty ass, a, a Tim Boot opinion, then I can't really yeah, respect if it's not, that. If it's not like, like jazz
1: rap and or whatever it may if be. If you're not going to yeah. keep
0: an open mind and be able to, to listen to all different styles like West Coast cats sound different from Northern cats, sound different from Southern cats, sound, and different places in the South sound different from other places in the South. Sure. New Orleans sure. cats don't sound like well, now everybody sounds like Atlanta. But,
1: and, but well, New Orleans, except for the, New Orleans. The New,
0: or- the New Orleans sound has kind of made a, a major, well, like the bounce sound is made But a major they, rare, they never even went New Orleans, like, that, I mean, uh, uh, Atlanta, yeah. like uh, Louisiana is his own thing. Yeah. And we're not just talking
1: about new Orleans. We're talking about Baton BR. Roo's, we're yeah. talking about Shreveport. Yes. You know, yeah. so they
0: are their own thing and yeah. they never really adopt anybody else's sound. Right. But everybody else. Here's where I come down on this, right? Because I, I was like a, a
1: considerably big bone fan back in the day. Um, I like went out of my way to buy some of busy solo projects. Like I had some of these albums as they dropped in the late 90s early 2000s i held east 1999 on on a much higher pedestal back then so i was kind of a little bit not let down but it was kind of just like man this is this is not how i remembered it as now the nostalgia aspect of it some of it just takes me back but like just in terms of an actual project it's like I'm, I'm looking at it like, man, it it was all style, no substance, and I think that's why I gravitated towards it, it when I was I a think kid. That's the best way to describe it. And I think with Soul Food, it's by no means the most influential album to come from Atlanta, but I think it's the best album ever to be released from the ATL.
0: And I'm not going to argue with that, right?
1: I don't think that anybody could definitively like. Win that yeah, discussion. Whether, if I you're mean, going you, against. Soul you fruit. know,
0: like you could say is uh, well, there's a million things you could say. It is whether you went with something from Outcasts. If you went with AT aliens shit, I'm not gonna disagree with that either. Or even if somebody, or if you went with uh Ludacris, or right? if you went with Ti, or if you went with Jeezy, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of different ways you could go. You could go with Future, but th- I'm gonna stop listening to you. So it's Fair. there's a lot of different ways that you can. That you can go when it comes to Atlanta. Atlanta. By the way, future. I know I just took that little side yeah, shot. Yeah, you got to throw future, this in there now. Future actually, uh, it came up through the Dungeon Family. He's he's a, he's, he's a late. He's a late generation Dungeon Family artist. You know, like the first gen was was you know Outkast and Goody um Moff. and and Goody Mob, mm-hmm. and, and then you had like that second generation, which was like Killer Mike. You and, had well, and like uh, even like lesser known guys like Witch Doctor. Yes, there were yes. there were some guys that popped yeah, up. It was right. second second generation, but headline, I would say Killer Mike is like that the headliner for sure. Um, and then you know later generation Future, mm-hmm. which is I mean it's still it's still Dungeon Fam. So that that is where Future guys start. I can always respect that about him. You for know, sure. like even like if, even stamped. if the music
1: isn't necessarily your yeah, your it's not cup of my tea. cup of tea. Right.
0: But it's but he is stamped. Mm-hmm. Um, so and that's important to me like i think that's a i think that's a really important if you if you give a shit at all about organized noise and their uh and their impact which is massive massive on hip-hop um i think coming up out of that collective and having that stamp that's something that gives me a a, a certain base level of respect, respect for you, you for sure so um so yeah the clear
1: winner this week guys is, is soul food i mean Let us know what you think in the comments. I'm sure the entire city of Cleveland is in an uproar right now, or maybe not. Maybe you can look at Soul Food and say, hey, this is better than anything that Bone has ever dropped. Because Soul Food is better than a lot of projects that anybody has ever dropped. What did you just say? Nothing. Okay. Well,
0: until next week, we'll see you later. Peace. Thanks for giving us a listen. Give us your feedback and let us know how you really feel. Subscribe, rate, review, and we'll see you next week.